A warm welcome to the Glass Half Full podcast. My name is Steve Twynan. Thanks for joining me. I work here in the UK as a uh, inspirational coach, become known as the Happy Coach, a clinical hypnotherapist. I'm also the founder of Yawa Radio, which is all about well-being and happiness. The Glass Half Full podcast, well, it's all about helping people see the glass half full with inspirational guests from around the world. You may hear something in the podcast that well resonates with you. So sit back and enjoy the Glass Half Full podcast. Time for another inspirational quote. Be happy. Simplicity, good taste and grooming are the three fundamentals of good dressing and these do not cost money. Christian Dior. On today's Glass Half Full, I'll be talking to Holly Jean Jackson. Holly helps entrepreneurs and business leaders love their life and business again. With over 12 years of technology and business experience, she helps business leaders get their groove back physically, mentally, and emotionally. She does this through a combined approach of both coaching and consulting, providing practical and actionable results. She also helps end fear and frustration with technology. Holly also teaches her clients to remember self-care is essential, not optional and that community is critical to success. I talk to Holly Jean Jackson on this week's Glass Half Full. So you're listening to Yawa Radio. It's Steve with another episode of Glass Half Full, where I'm joined uh, by inspirational guests from around the world. Now, let me ask the listener this question, first of all. Um, Do you love your life? Do you love your business? Okay. If you do, absolutely wonderful. If you don't, then it's great to be joined on the line. We're off to America again, uh, joined on the line by by Holly Jackson. Holly, how are you? I am doing great. I'm loving life. And yeah, it's a beautiful Tuesday morning where I am in the world in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I can't wait to have a great conversation with you, Steve. Yeah. And I mentioned that because you help entrepreneurs love life and love their business. Yeah. what, What a wonderful thing to do. How satisfying that must be. Yeah, it's, it's really satisfying. Actually, yesterday, one of my clients sent me a text about um, trusting the process of coaching. And she took some pretty big action on something that she was uncomfortable with, but she did it and got immediate results, which is always incredible. Mm-hmm. But it's such a great feeling when you're working with clients that are also helping people in the world. They're serving people and they love their life. They love their business. But um, it takes a minute to get there, right? We kind of have to unpack things so that they define success on their own terms and they're actually living according to their own terms. And that really requires being clear on your values, success, the legacy you want to leave behind and making sure your business is aligned to that. Yeah. And success means different things to different people, Holly, doesn't it? You know what they want. Why did they start in the first place? What's their what's their reason why? I guess you'll you'll do a lot of work around that. But you've not always done this, you know. So what, what did you do? What's your story leading up to what you're doing? 
Yeah. So I actually started in the nonprofit space and got, was going to get my degree in, as an attorney, decided that wasn't a good fit and worked in university and corporate America for 12 years and ended up working in technology. I had a mentor that found me as a research assistant and said, wow, I think you'd be really good at technology. Let me train you. So I went from research assistant to director overnight. And that was that was really heady, really big trip. Um, but he really invested a lot in me and I became very good at technology. And with that, over the roles I've held in executive positions at different companies, I learned basically an executive level MBA and I have a master's as well. But I would say a worldly MBA because I learned program management, public relations, marketing, communications, managing teams, rolling out global efforts to an employee base as well as to consumers. But what kept happening, Steve, is I got layoff after layoff as a top performer. And I just got really fed up with the pattern of that and having negative health consequences. So I was pushing myself to the brink in what to me was a very toxic work environment for my body and my system. And I recognized that pattern. And so after my third layoff, I started getting different credentials in coaching. I knew I wanted to do something different. I had kind of dabbled in career coaching as a side gig for several years while I was in corporate, but I didn't want to do that anymore. So I got certified as a health coach and then a life coach, transformational coaching method. And when I first started my business on the side while still working, I did just health coaching, but I found that that wasn't the big impact I wanted. That wasn't aligned to the legacy I wanted to leave behind. So I decided to dive straight in, just take the deep dive, take the plunge, have that leap of faith and decided to start coaching entrepreneurs. So I redefined it and really took the holistic approach Mm -hmm. because it worked for me, but I wanted to give access to more people in the world, holistic remedies. And so I wanted to help people in the health and wellness space that were business owners and service providers amplify their impact. And so that is where my heart is. And that's where I work is helping those practitioners, those business owners from solopreneur to huge teams, help more people in the world. And when you, when you were in that, um, that, that corporate world where you talked about the layoffs and, um, and it manifested itself in some kind of that, I think illness or whatever. So, you know, that's, that's the bit where we probably manifest yourself into the body. If we're not that self-aware of that, we don't always realize that. So was that a big wake up call for you then, Holly? Was, did, <laughs> did you wake up one morning and go, wow, that's it. I've, I've had enough. <laughs> so it's kind of ironic, Steve. Sometimes I think some of us are thick headed and I tend to be a little thick headed. So I had, for example, one layoff, um, had a severe concussion. And so I think the wake up calls came in like baby steps for me. Okay. And, and ironically enough, that concussion was a smack in the face. Like literally I passed out from standing and blacked out and fell on my frontal lobe and got stitches in my chin, cracked my front teeth. It was pretty bad. And when I went to the emergency room, they said it was a mild concussion. But when I visited my, um, my neurologist, they said, this is a severe concussion. And luckily, thank goodness, I had a layoff with a nice severance package and I couldn't work for seven months. And so that wow. was the first wake up call. I 
started getting really serious about managing my anxiety and stress because when you have a severe concussion, you you can't really process and cope with a lot of things. I couldn't play piano and I'd played for 20 something years, actually 30 something years at the time. And I couldn't drive. I couldn't be social. I couldn't handle light and sound. And I really thought I had lost who I was completely, which was terrifying. So I got, that was the first wake up call. I got really serious about stress and anxiety and how it was showing up in my life. But if you even go for, further backwards from that, when I went through my divorce and had a layoff at the same time as, as that, that transition, um, I did some work on myself. I took a step back, did a program through Celebrate Recovery mm-hmm. and worked on my codependency issues because I didn't want to repeat the patterns of that marriage that failed in future relationships. And as you probably know, there's a famous story about what happened during that journey. I decided to go on a backpacking trip alone, <laughs> right? <I'm>, yes. <laughs> I go on a backpacking trip alone. All my friends are like, are you going to bring bear spray? I don't need bear spray. I've been backpacking. It's totally fine. So I go on this trip to work on my spiritual inventory as part of this codependency program. And honestly, I thought the scariest thing would be my own mental chatter, like my anxiety thinking while it's dark outside and you're hearing sounds, right? But the reality is, is that I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. So on the third day of that trip, I was walking through the woods, hadn't seen people for quite some time. And I glanced down and there's fresh bear paw prints. So obviously, you know, I still had to keep going that direction to get back to the car. Otherwise, I've been 30 miles, which is unrealistic. And then everybody would be worried about where I was. So I keep walking and I noticed another set of fresh paw prints, a baby bear. Mm -hmm. So then I recognized well, I'm really in the wrong place at the wrong time. So I turned the next corner because the woods are so dense, you literally can't see around the corner. And there's mama bear. Wow. Yeah. Terrifying. So immediately my life flashes before my eyes. And really, if you've experienced near death experiences, you, you will understand this, like things just kind of time warps. And I remember thinking, gosh, I'm in a pretty good place right now to go. I've journaled forgiveness I'm super clear. I'm happy. But then I was like, well, I didn't come out here to die. (laughs) So I was brave and I took a step forward. And as she began charging towards me, I charged her back. I took one step forward and I made my arms really big and just had this guttural growl or just guttural scream towards this mama bear. And I had to do it twice. So the first time she stopped, but then she continued charging me again. And this time I was like, gosh, if I'm going to die, like, let's make this really fast. Right. That was the thought in my head. But I was like, I didn't come out here to die. Like I, there's a lot of things I want to do in the world. And so I charged her again and, you know, sounded like like a big guttural. I'm not going to do it like the full length because that would scare people. Um, (laughs) But it works. So the reason I share that story is there, we have different wake up calls in life. And sometimes when you have a pattern that repeats, it's because we're not, we need like the smack in the face of like, Hey, you're not on the right path where you're supposed to be in life. And for me, the bear story was my real awakening to facing my fears head on. Right. So I remember being afraid of biking with strong headwinds or like silly things, but after facing a bear in the woods and living, like, I'm like, is this a big deal? Even when I did my TEDx talk recently, yeah. Steve, I was like, I mean, it's pretty healthy to be scared to get on stage. And I remember thinking to myself, you faced a bear in the woods. 
getting on a stage is not a big deal. You've got this. <laughs> yeah. What? Wow. What? What? What a story. I just got this vision of you there. You know, where you're walking through the woods. You've got your life sorted. You've got all this clarity. You're all this clear. All the stress and anxiety is gone. You turn a corner, and there's Mama Bear. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is your last. This is it. Now you can overcome anything if you can overcome this. Exactly. Yeah. What? What? Exactly. A, what, what? 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 A great story. So, Holly, you know, when you're working with people, then, and um, no, no doubt, yeah, I guess you must share that story with them because, you know, people's fears and doubts, you know, sometimes to somebody listening can seem so insignificant, but to them it's massive, isn't it? You know, and 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 often we forget that, or people can forget that when when you talk to somebody. So, although it seems little, it's massive. It's a block. They're feeling stuck. In, in that thing. So what what kind of, apart from the best story, of course, what kind of processes do you work through with people around that to help them become unstuck and live, live the life again? Yeah. Well, actually I put together, well, first of all, my book that I wrote mm. called Inspiration Contagion, Health Secrets for Raving Success. There's a chapter in there on chronic pain. So when I was putting together my TED talk, I know that fear is so big. It's impacting business owners. It's impacting the world with this mental health epidemic. And it's very real. And regardless of what rationally seems like a small fear, it is very big. Like you just said, our mm. brains are very good at protecting us, keeping us in survival mode. And so I'm not saying that these fears aren't real. They're very real. They feel really big. Mm. It's more about reframing it. So I took that chronic pain chapter in the book. And I took the strategies for coping with chronic pain because ultimately they're similar to dealing with challenges and fear in life. And I condensed it into a four-step process for my fear method. So the fear method's an acronym so that as you're listening, it's easy for you to recall. Yes. So F stands for face it, you know, stop denying that your fear is there. Like literally embrace the fear, accept that it is there and and look at it. And if you, if it, it's sometimes helpful to just, you know, run with the fear, like what if the worst thing happened? Like mm -hmm. what was the worst case scenario and what would you do to cope with it? Sometimes when we do that, it helps demystify how bad the fear is. And we understand, well, gosh, if that did happen, I have this, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. So instead of denying it, face it. Cause when we try to deny it, that's more exhausting than mm -hmm. anything. So then you've got embrace curiosity is the E in the fear method. So instead of judging your fears, trying to deny them, trying to get rid of them, fear is there to protect us, right? So get curious about that fear. Like, what is it trying to tell you? Is there a lesson you can learn from this? Mm -hmm. Is there something with your mindset you need to deconstruct and process so that this doesn't keep happening if it's a pattern? So really get curious instead of judgmental across any challenge you're dealing with any fear. Then you've got the A in the fear method, which stands for advocate. So advocate for what it is that you need while you're reckoning with this fear or dealing with this particular challenge or grappling with a difficult season in life. And really, whether it's a pain thing, a health thing, a transition in life, get clear on what you need and advocate for that. Ask for it. People want to support you. <laughs> and also, this isn't in my TED Talk, but the second A in the fear method is activate your mindset. So, you know, TED Talks are short, but when I do workshops on this, it's really about your mindset. 
And fear takes us to this crippling, debilitating, old habits, negative way of thinking. Mm -hmm. So imagine all of your worst thoughts about worst case scenarios, all of your anxieties, they kind of really just come to the surface when you're being triggered by a fear. So you really have to use tools such as meditation, awareness of your triggers, having a tool set for dealing with your triggers working on self-care to activate the proper mindset so that you can navigate that season and that fear with grace. And then the last one is the R stands for reach out. Mm -hmm. So obviously when we face our fears alone, they're really scary. Just like when you're a kid and you're hiding under the covers waiting for mom and dad to support you, what you really want is somebody to hug you and tell you it's going to be okay. (laughs) So reach out and build that support system, share with your community, your friends, your family, what's happening in your life and ask for the support that you need. Wow. Love it. Love it. Love it. And, and I was just, there's a couple of things that came to my mind as, as you were talking there, there's, um, people often have a fear of failure, but they also have a fear of success. (laughs) you come across that <laughs> you know well it's so funny you mentioned that because i was actually talking to uh my boyfriend about this i was like wow this this relationship's going so well that it's terrifying me it's actually putting more pressure on things and so even though i work on this i'm human too yeah and the first step is awareness of course it's scary when things are going well our brain is programmed to deal with worst case scenarios and negative scenarios. And we have a negativity bias and we're Mm -hmm. fighting that every day, particularly in modern life where we have most of our needs met if you're in the US and you have moderately good income. So yes, there's stress, whether it's good or bad. Mm -hmm. And so even doing the TEDx, that was really stressful and could be very triggering and very scary, even though it's a good thing. So recognizing that even good stress and success can be terrifying is is half the battle and so you face it use the same method you face it you embrace curiosity you advocate activate and reach out and in doing so you can navigate being successful without fear i've got this lovely picture in my mind now of you uh, (laughs) coming off the ted talk stage right overcoming that one and coming home and thinking this is going too well mr boyfriend Well, what kind of day have I had? You know, the, the other thing that came to my mind there, I work as a, I don't do it so much now, but I worked as a clinical hypnotherapist. And um, I was working with a young guy um, who'd got a, a massive fear of flying. Okay. But you know what the interesting thing was, Holly? He was a motorbike rider. Um, uh, I mean, round tracks. And he had no fear of going round a track a hundred and odd miles an hour centimeters off the ground you know what i mean and you go and and so when you look at that that seems so irrational that you'll do that but you won't do that but when we came and explored it with him the difference was of course he's in control of his bike he didn't feel in control of the plane so we had to reframe that for him to overcome that fear. And it's, you know, just as you're talking that, I don't know why that popped into my mind, but, but, but it did. And the other thing that came to me there was she was talking as well, because she said, you know, about you, yeah, you, you, you do this work, but you're human. And there's a great phrase, you know, that um, um, if you live a rich and meaningful life, you will experience every emotion. Yes. And I think people forget about that sometimes, you know, so when they when they feel anxious and fearful, 
you know, um, that they think that something's drastically wrong. Yeah. But it's not always the case, is it? Yeah, this is, this is really important. So um, for those of you who have not seen the movie Inside Out, you should watch it because mm -hmm. it's incredibly insightful. And essentially the movie depicts all of the emotions that we have in our brain. And it shows different characters as they're experiencing the emotional spectrum. And the reason this is helpful, because I've worked with clients a lot on mindset. We start on business, but if things are amiss based mm -hmm. on action they're taking and we're not getting the results we expect, it's typically their health or life is out of balance or there's a mindset issue. So it's really important to recognize that it's normal to feel anxious from time to time. And when you're excited about an opportunity and you have a healthy amount of anxiety, to me, that's usually the sweet spot for growth. So for example, if I have an opportunity and I am equally excited and equally terrified or anxious, I'm like, oh, this is, we're going on to like some big growth opportunities. This is perfect. That's the sweet spot. But recognizing that it's healthy to have that level of anxiety because you care. Anxiety shows up because we care so much about something. We're trying to protect ourselves. We're feeling a bit vulnerable. We're fearful of not succeeding to the level that we want to. And so it's normal to feel anxiety as we grow. And I would say if you're in, you know, in your business or in your career and you're not feeling anxious ever, you're comfortable and you're not growing, you're not reaching your full potential, you're not living life fully. And I will tell you, Steve, from personal experience, the more you are growing and living your life to ultimate success levels, like beyond your wildest dreams, the emotional spectrum becomes a huge roller coaster. I mean, I, it's not like my life is constantly perfect. It means that I feel every emotion to the 10th degree of possibility. I experience joy at levels I could never fathom, but I also experience grief at really heavy levels because I open myself up to that vulnerability and that possibility of connecting with my clients, with my friends, with my family. So of course, the more you live your life, you're going to feel all of the things. And that's the beauty because you would not understand the pure joy that you, you can, you know, have at the top of that mountain without the incredible pain and grief that you experience in life and that's just the reality of the duality of our life yeah and and uh, i love that and i and, and i love that bit as well because i mean i was doing um i've shared this before but i was doing a talk um to a group one night and um we're talking about mindset and everything like that and somebody in the audience suddenly went oi oh what what it said uh, it's all right for you mr positive you don't live in the real world right and i went well that's an interesting comment to make. You know, I can show you I do live in the same world as you live in, right? I may see things in a different way, but I do see, I do feel all these emotions and I have my anxiety moments, I have my low moments, I have my high moments. And I love that a bit, you know, touch there about the personal growth. If you, you know, I have a wonderful phrase, amazing things rarely happen in your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and when you step out of that comfort zone, you know, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and, and off you go and you start growing again. And uh, so, so I just, I just love, I just love that. So, so what about, you know, do you, do you work with many people that it's not my phrase, it's the Stephen Covey phrase that um, you find that their ladders up against the wrong wall. Uh, they, 
<laughs> I'm laughing because yes, all the time. So I will say there's different, different ladders, right? So we've got the corporate ladder and I mean, I climbed to the top of the corporate ladder. And as you can tell by my story, boy, I just kept getting cut down at the knees Mm. and not feeling appreciated. And it was killing my health. It was toxic for me as a human. So it was out of alignment with what I meant to do and what makes me happy. It makes me feel satisfied. So I have a lot of clients sometimes that come to me more around career coaching, and that's not really something I do as much, but I do notice that the ones that come to me for that, I'd say most of the time they end up starting a business because ultimately they've come to me because they're not ready to say it. Mm -hmm. They don't want to work in corporate America anymore. So there's that ladder. Then there's also different ladders within that spectrum. So it's really, it boils down to defining success on your own terms. The mistake that a lot of us make is we let our parents, Mm -hmm. the company we work for, our boss, our partner, our children, like we let people define what success looks like. Our society, that's a great example. And for women, this also could mean like having a child is success and not for every woman is that the case. So when I'm working with clients, it's really, okay, let's pull back all the layers here. And for you, what is success? What do you want to be remembered for? What brings you joy? What is it that's going to help you get out of bed, even on your worst day when you're in physical pain and things are just crumbling around you and you still get up with conviction to go after that one thing? Like, what is that? So that's where you figure out if there's misalignment on where that ladder is placed. And I would say most people, even the people that have started a business, they've built their ladder on the wrong wall. (laughs) So if you're a business owner and we start working together and we see things are grossly out of alignment and you're, you know, feeling burnt out, your life is severely out of balance and yet it's been successful Oftentimes it's because the values and priorities of the person who's running the business are not in alignment with what they've built in the business. So for example, you might have a mom who has young children and she's built this really successful business, but her priority is spending time with her family. And yet her business is built on speaking and traveling the world. Can you see the the misalignment there? I mean, yeah. Yeah. You reminded me there, it's going back many years now when I, I stepped off the, the corporate ladder um, and I'd been helping manage a, a national change program for a company. Uh, and it come, we'd, we got the change, it happened. And, and the CEO asked me if I would take on um, operations director with them. And for a split second, Holly, I nearly said yes. And, and then I went, no. And said, What? I went, no, I said, this, this is not where I want to be. Okay. Um, if I take on this role, I'll be in London, probably four nights a week, staying in that travel lodge hotel over there, miserable as sin after three months, when what I really want to be, I want to be at home with the family. I want to be able to go and have a game of squash, go for a walk, enjoy the countryside. And it just, it's, it's not aligned. And they were totally shocked. And it was that moment that I walked away from that, that corporate world many years ago. And when you get to that point, it's liberating. It is, it is. It is truly liberating. It's like it's like you've taken a concrete overcoat off your shoulders uh, and you and you really you really start living, don't you? It's it's awesome. And share this with you as well, because 
I don't know if you've heard this. Um, I was doing a talk to some guys and girls one day, and and um, one of them said to me, "That coaching stuff, Steve, that you do, it's all that fluffy stuff, isn't it?" <laughs> right. I don't know if you've ever had that. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, "Wow. Well, let's try this for size then." Okay. And again, it's a it's it's a question. It's not my question, but uh, so I put the, put this question to them. If you had had to earn a living one way for the rest of your life, what would you choose to do? Okay. And one of the guys in the audience went, I'd love to be a florist. So I said, so why are you a health and safety practitioner then? Bam. You know, and again, when you start getting people to think about that, and again, it's that clarity, that what do I really want to do? You know, is my, is my ladder up against the wrong wall again? Yeah. But then I don't know whether I don't know whether this is the right word, Holly. You maybe help with this. Is it is it courageous to step out of that? What when when they do? I think it's incredibly courageous. So think about it. We have so many societal constructs and pressures, and with the technology of social media, it's boxed us in even further if you really subscribe to that, which is hard not to, right? We have this compare and despair um, way of living these days. And we look at what people are posting in their perfect, not real <laughs> life on social media. And we wonder where we're lacking. And I think we also just fall into this, especially in the American, in the US at least, there's this American dream. And that seems to be taking the next promotion, mm -hmm. getting the brand name things. It's very materialistic, very individualistic. And I'm not really sure that, that that viewpoint on life works for most people. Like the clients I work with are international, but even in the US, the people that really step back and define success on their own terms, it's it's not about money. It's about money to the point of like obviously being safe, you know, mm -hmm. preparing with your family, having a roof over your head. But it's really about having impact. It's about giving back. It's about knowing that you're part, part of something bigger than yourself. That, mm. And if you have children, it's about building something that's going to last for them and giving back to the community, being a mentor. And yeah, so I mean, that's, that's what it boils down mm. to. It's not about what everybody else is saying. It, it really comes down to doing the inner work. And when you say it's fluffy... I think it's the opposite. Like, honestly, you could spend decades in therapy and I'm not saying therapy is bad. Mm. Therapy is great. But I think therapy in conjunction with coaching and doing deep inner work is incredibly powerful and it's not fluffy. You're going to be so much exponentially more happy, more successful, more impactful, a better parent, a better partner, a better leader. And mm. quite frankly, what our world is lacking, we need leaders that can hold neutral space, that are working on themselves, that are pushing the barriers of these societal pressures, these nonsensical things that are not real and they're not really going to make people happy. Mm. And so if you're listening to this, I encourage you stop saying it's fluffy you're saying that because you're scared to do it so take a look in the mirror find a coach and start working on yourself yeah totally great it is definitely not fluffy <laughs> definitely not fluffy. it's heavy it's, yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll share this story with you and let's put it put it into context as well i've shared this before with with uh, in, in a different um different show and things but um it's about five or six years ago now and this is this is shows how it's not fluffy um my daughter, who's grown up in this world of personal development with us, okay, 
Uh, I think she was about 33 age at the time. Um, and she'd moved back to York. She came to stay with us for a, a couple of days and we're sat on the settee and I was working on a different radio station at the time. <clears throat> and I'd been podcasting and doing my inspirational stuff. And she, this is what she said, right? Right, dad, where is this radio thing taking you? Wow. I felt the resistance, right? I felt, how dare you? Okay. Um, she said, let me explain. I know you love it, but how does it fit in with the inspirational work that you do? How does telling people it's raining this afternoon or the trains are late or the roads are busy actually fit in with what you do? Then came the killer question. And if anybody thinks this coaching is fluffy, this is a killer question that she asked me. Or is it just ego? <laughs> is that, listener, is that fluffy? No, it's not. Okay. Your daughter is an excellent coach. Yes, she's a, she, is a, she, is, she is a coach now. Yeah, she's gone on to do coaching. But you know what? That And that, that moment was a big impact in changing and moving away from that radio station and starting my own, you know, and I thank her for that. But did I enjoy it at the time, Holly? No. No. <laughs> Was it a no. great question? Yes. Did it make me think? Yes. Did it make me change? Yes. And I thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. And I will say on that, when you're feeling the things you feel the most resistance to that make you the most uncomfortable are usually what you need the most. Mm. And, and when we try to fight what I call like the river of life and resist what we're trying, like life is trying to teach us, boy, our life is really difficult. We're not in flow. We are trying to fight a current that is impossible to fight. So when you're feeling that resistance, my challenge to you would to be get really curious, step back and embrace curiosity and, and just acknowledge that that's what's happening. Why are you feeling resistance there? Like what lesson are you meant to learn from this? Hire a coach, like figure it out with them. I mean, I have coaches mm -hmm. and I'm sure Steve does too, because good coaches are continued, co like continually committed to self-development and growth. And we can't see our blind spots. It's so ironic. I will be coaching a client on something that I need to hear myself, but I'm so absorbed with their journey because that's what you do when you're coaching that I'm not seeing the blind spot of, wow, I need to do that for this other scenario in my life. But my coach will call it out and I'm like, how did I not see that? Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So, so Holly, if people want to work with you and find out more about you, how can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. My website is hollyjeanjackson.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Holly J. Jackson. And you can email me at holly at hollyjeanjackson.com. And if you're looking for inspiration because you're here for Steve's inspiration as well, <laughs> I have a podcast called Inspiration Contagion that's available on all of the podcast players. Wonderful. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. And uh, as I always say, you know, whatever you're doing for the rest of your day, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thanks. You too. Thank you. You're listening to the Glass Half Full podcast with me, Steve Twynham. And in each episode of the podcast, I love to share details of an inspirational book. This week's inspirational book is The Wim Hof Method. Activate your potential, transcend your limits. The Sunday Times best-selling Iceman. Yeah, the Iceman Wim Hof shares his remarkable life story and powerful method for supercharging your strength, health and happiness. 
Refined over 40 years and championed by scientists across the globe, you'll learn how to harness the three key elements of cold, breathing and mindset to master mind over matter and achieve the impossible. This week's inspirational book of the week is the Sunday Times best-selling Iceman, The Wim Hof Method. Activate your potential and transcend your limits. Well, thank you for joining me on this week's Glass Half Full podcast. If you'd like to join me as a guest, then why not get in touch? You can email me at steve at stevetwynham.com. And also, if you're looking for a radio station that is that little bit different, that brings you all about well-being and happiness and personal development and great music too, uh, then check out Yawa Radio. That's Yawa spelt Y-O-W-A-H dot co dot UK. Check out Yawa Radio, bringing that feel-good feeling to every single day of the week. So once again, thank you for joining me on today's Glass Half Full podcast. It is produced and presented by myself, Steve Twynham, and copyright applies. And whatever you're doing for the rest of your day, have the best day you possibly can.